0: Hi, I'm Joe Kipke from Perth, Western Australia, and I'm a Hope Writer. Welcome to the Hope Writer podcast.
1: And here's writer and author Joshua Becker. I live a lot of my life thinking, okay,
2: if that person can do it, then I can do it too.
1: Yeah, why not? Joshua Becker went from hobby writer to working writer, and so can you. But what's the difference between being a hobby writer and a working writer? Well, you could say working writers take it serious. Hobby writers dabble and write when they feel like it. Working writers treat writing like a job. Hobby writers treat it like, well, you know, a hobby. But what else makes you a working writer? And how do you transition from hobby writer to working writer? Well, writer and author Joshua Becker made that transition. And we're going to hear his story, a story that can become your story, of what happens when we begin to take our writing serious. We'll learn the mindset change that changed his focus away from hobby writer and led to three published books and a blog with a million readers a month. That's this episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. (music)
0: Welcome to the Hope Writers Podcast, brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers dedicated to helping you write your meaningful words without sacrificing your meaningful life. I'm Emily P. Freeman. I'm one of the co-founders of Hope Writers. Yes, you can write and publish and market your work without becoming a self-promoting cartoon version of yourself. We help you maintain balance, share your work with confidence, develop your craft, and get help with the ins and outs of book publishing. Inside our private HopeWriter Facebook group, members make great writerly friends who understand all those doubts and questions that you have. It's the next best thing to having your own writing mentor. And every Tuesday, members get a live informal conversation with an expert writer, editor, marketer, or agent helping you make progress in your writing life. We call those interviews Tuesday Teaching, and while the entire interview is only for our members, each week we share a few minutes that were super helpful here on the Hope Writers Podcast. And that's coming up. Find out more at hopewriters.com. Hi, I'm Heather, and I'm a Hope Writer. Did you know the writing path has six stages? It's so easy to get frustrated when we jump ahead on the path and do things out of order. So, want to find out your writing path, stage? Hope Writers has created a short, fun quiz you could take right now. You'll even get a tip or two for taking your next step. To get the quiz, just go to hopewriters.com slash quiz.
1: Hi, I'm Gary Moreland, one of the co-founders of Hope Writers. So, what does it mean to be a working writer? Well, for us at Hope Writers, it doesn't necessarily mean you clock in somewhere and then you get a paycheck for writing, but just like with a job where you commit to it and you show up because that's your job, well, in the same way, a working writer commits to it and shows up as if it's your job. And of course, that's the kind of attitude and habit that leads to getting paid. So how do you take your writing serious? How do you commit and show up? What focus and mindset does a working writer have that's different from a hobby writer? Well, author Joshua Becker was a pastor. That was his job. He was going to be a pastor the rest of his life. His writing on the side as a hobby. He wrote for himself, you know, like most of us who start out. Then he shifted. He transitioned on purpose. We're going to see the shift he made and how it changed everything. And we'll learn that he faced imposter syndrome just like we all do when we start getting serious at something, you know, that little voice that says, who are you to do this, some kind of expert? We'll learn how he overcame that challenge and ended up with three published books, Simplify, The More of Less, and Minimalist Home, along with his popular blog, becomingminimalist.com. So, what does moving from hobby writer to working writer look like? Let's join Hope Writer co-founder Emily P. Freeman talking with minimalist author Joshua Becker about how he started out. Pastor for 15 years, youth
2: ministry, and uh, ended up here in Phoenix helping a friend of mine plant a church. So that was my first passion and first love. And I, I, uh, I really loved pastoring. Um, I, I did it because I found meaning and fulfillment in it. Um, I got to impact people's lives my life had been changed by Christ. And so, um, an opportunity to speak into other people's lives was what I wanted to do. I thought I would do it for the rest of my life. But 10 and a half years ago, I started the blog, um, started the website, um, started writing about minimalism. And uh, for the past five and a half years, I've been doing that full time. But uh, it was about a two-year two-year conversation, I would say I was having with with God about what am I supposed to do and um, how can I be the most helpful to people. And um, I, I don't know. I think I made the right choice, but well, who knows for sure?
1: Well,
0: I have a question for you about that because so a lot of our writers we we've got writers in all stages of the writing life. You know, like just starting out, just kind of figuring out oh, I'm going to pivot from writing in a journal to actually writing for a reader. But who is that reader? And they're trying to figure that out. We also have lots of multi-published authors who've been doing this for years and years. Um, So, and then everyone in between. But I think we all have in common that constant uh, awareness of our reader and really wanting to serve that reader well. But I know for you, because for you, it started out as sort of your own personal experience that you shared. So, when you started sharing that on a blog, were you super aware of the reader at that time? Or were you just like, I'm going to write about my experience? What was your mindset then?
2: Yes, definitely the second one. I uh, I, I was just writing about my experience. I, I was introduced to minimalism and uh, just started journaling what I was learning about it, uh, what I was getting rid of, what we were keeping, things I was learning about myself, things I was noticing in the world around me. And really, it was it was nothing more than a personal diary, really. That was the case for just short of two years, actually. And there were a few people that were finding the, finding the blog and commenting and, and reading. But just short of two years into it, I remember the post specifically. I wrote about belts <laughs> and, uh, and getting rid of belts. Like, I decided to get rid of these belts and keep these. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, writing about the belts that I'm keeping and getting rid of. Like, I've been doing this for almost two years now, like, what if I transitioned into, like, how can I help other people accomplish this in their life? Um, so, that was probably the biggest shift that I made in um, in my writing strategy. But it wasn't, it wasn't right away. I didn't start out thinking, I'm going to have a blog that a bunch of people are going to read. I'm going to write books about this. It was just, here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm being challenged um, in life. And um, it started out there, and I, I, I wish I could go back and find the numbers for how many people were reading back then. But it was I don't know people were finding it, and people liked that. And I actually switched when I, when I switched to now I'm going to help other people do this as opposed to just sharing my journal. There were some people who were pretty upset with me about it because they had just enjoyed reading the story of mm-hmm. me, I guess. Right, like that was the writer that I was, and so people who just liked reading about what I was getting rid of today when I started shifting (laughs) it to, you know, let me, let me try to help others. Then they're like, no, we liked when you were just sharing your story, but.
0: I'm so, we got to talk about the belts, not about the belts, but about that, because that is such an interesting thing to hang on to as a representation of your pivot that you pivoted from writing for yourself, even though you were writing, there were readers listening and they were reading, but really you were writing for yourself. You were your own point of reference. And then you made that transition to writing for a reader and there were some people you kind of had to leave behind because they Mm -hmm. they weren't a fan of that pivot but I would love for you to if you can if you can remember or at all like extrapolate what was that what what changed in your writing what was the mindset what was the filter that you now used for oh this is worthy to be put on the blog and this isn't is there something there that you can grab on hold of
2: Mm, That's a good question. The first thing that came to my mind, which might not be the question you were asking, was the the mind shift change was probably the 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 biggest one that I had to take because it was a it was a step from saying i'm just going to write about what i'm doing to I have something to offer someone else like I know enough about this topic that I can Inspire and motivate others, Um, which I don't know. I I guess it's a step of confidence, you know, a a little step of the ego, I suppose, to to being able to say this is something that that I can do and um, something that I have to offer. I suppose part of it was I I was getting a a few questions. Um, I actually got an email. I now I'm even kind of returning back to that moment in time. I got an email from someone that asked. Hey, this is great, but what advice would you give me if my spouse wanted nothing to do with minimalism? And so then that became one of the first, I think, the first blog post where it was like, okay, here's some steps you can take, here's some things that you can do, here's how I would tackle it if I were if I was in your situation. Um, and so that was probably the um, that was the biggest mind shift change that that had to go in. As far as what went on the blog, I, I don't know. I, I suppose I were always kind of changing and evolving in that way. And some of the stuff I was writing about eight years ago, I probably wouldn't publish today. But it was what I was felt passionate about saying and did it to the best, uh, did to the best of my ability.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, you did answer my question. Exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to know. I know. Check. Well done. Well, were there people, did you notice? How how soon after that pivot that you made, though, you heard from some people who were like, hey, stop, like, we want to know more about, now tell us about the ties. Were the people starting to resonate with that kind of new way, that new, sort of like as you started writing as a guide, maybe more, was that an immediate resonance with your readers?
2: Yes, it was. Going back, even that very first post about, you know, how to become a minimalist when your partner isn't or something like that was... The title, and I just wrote down like the best things that I could think of, and yeah, I, I would say the comment section on that post became far livelier than than any of the other comments that i 'd had, and a lot of hey, that was pretty helpful i didn 't know you're so smart um, i didn 't know you had <laughs> stuff to offer me you know, it was it was a lot of hey, these are some good ideas i hadn 't thought of this before i hadn 't thought of that before, which um, certainly was resonated and certainly boosted my confidence a little bit in yeah, you know what, I guess people haven't thought about this nearly as much as I have after two years of writing about it and and living in this world.
0: Joshua, tell us in what ways, if any, that you might, you might be like, I didn't struggle with this at all. But if you did, in what ways did you struggle with feeling like an imposter in some ways, or feeling like maybe the minimalist kings and queens of your would come and get after you because you didn't go to minimalism school, you know, like, you're just kind of a guy figuring it out. I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. I don't know if that's how you felt, but when we pivot from just sharing our story to then becoming somewhat of a guide that can happen for some of us, did you struggle with that at all?
2: Yeah. Every day, (laughs) every day, I suppose I, there weren't a lot of people writing about minimalism back then. So I, I didn't feel like I was walking into a field where there were a million people already writing about it, but there were certainly some people writing about it. And so I guess I, in terms of, are you a minimalist imposter? You don't have nearly as few of things as this writer over here or that person over there. I tried to overcome it by just being very open and honest about what I was doing and how I was living and how it could be applied to other people's lives. And so I don't think I ever became a fake version of myself. I suppose there were some people who stumbled upon the blog and they're like, "Oh, he just owns you know ten pairs of clothes because he's writing about minimalism, and you know they have to dig deeper you know to find out that I had forty <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh how do you overcome that? I think that you're uh you're upfront and honest about where you are in in the process. you bring what you have learned and what you have experienced into the process and yeah, I don't know. Am I helping?
0: You're helping. You're helping immensely. Yeah, you're I think right. it's it's always good to hear from writers who have been doing this for, for a while, who are seen as experts, to hear that you too struggle with feeling like a crazy person sometimes in this world where you're the expert, you know? Like, we're yeah. all just kind of, we're doing our thing and, and offering help and, and people can take it or they, or they can go someplace else and that's okay, you know? Yeah. It's, it's this constant acceptance of that. Tell us when for you this became something that you did on the internet to something that you began to embody. I mean, and you lived it, but as far as embodying as a profession, as a vocation, as your work, really, was that when it became a book? What, when was, did that transition happen? You said you've been doing it full time for five years now,
2: five and a half years, Um, five and a half years. So the first um, two years, um, a little over two, uh, I was I was just writing uh, again journal, um, diary, that sort of thing. Actually, I the first the first dollar I made was out of spite. Is usually how I say it. Uh, There's a like a 20 year old kid, and uh, his name was Everett, and he wrote a book about minimalism. He started a blog. He wrote about four months on minimalism, and then he self published a book, and uh, a bunch of people bought it. And I remember thinking to myself, "Who is this twenty year old punk um writing about this for three months and then publishing a book, and all these people are buying it and I'm like, "I've been writing about this for over two years, and he just pops on the scene and puts this out. I'm like, "I got plenty that I can put into a book and so that was it that was my uh, that was my motivation to actually self publish my first book um Simplify, which um, yeah, does continues to sell even well, I don't know, seven, eight years later, but, um, but that was the, that was the motivation for me. Um, as embarrassing, as embarrassing as it was, but I, it forced me, I think to, to think beyond what I was doing and I saw what he did and, and how he put that book together. And I'm like, man, if he can do it, I like, I can do it. I have something that I can offer people. I've been writing about this for a long time. And so I, just went back and looked at my writing in a new way and thought to myself, okay, if I were to put this into a book and if I were to put these principles into a book, what would it look like? And And so, it was, it was short, I don't know, 40, 45 pages or so, something like that. But I, I put it up and I offered it to the readers on my blog and, and people started buying it and reading it. And I'm like, oh, I... I guess it never occurred to me that people would ever buy a book from me. So, that was that was the start of it. And I, I still didn't go full-time for another two, two and a half years after that. Um, I suppose if I wanted to, maybe I could have like pushed myself a little bit harder in that direction, but I, I loved pastoring, I loved writing, being the hobby, and I was pretty content and pretty happy with it being that way until it got to the point as it just continued to grow where I, I couldn't both write and pastor at the same time, something had to, something had to give, I had to make a decision one way, uh, one way or the other. And um, I guess I felt bad that the church was paying my mortgage when all of my creative energy was going into writing and um, you know, how do I promote minimalism in a, a new and different way? And so I said, well, it's probably time to uh, to make that step.
0: Yeah. I love your admission that the frustration of someone else doing it first was the catalyst to you actually doing it too. I think it's actually a really great motivation and it can be a good question for us as writers to ask ourselves, like, I don't want to do a thing or maybe I do, but what would happen if, if like if you ima- sometimes I imagine a person doing a thing and saying, if that person did the thing that I have in my mind, would I be like, Oh good. Now I don't have to do it because she did it. Or would it be like, Hey, that's mine and sometimes that helps me do a thing or helps me let a thing go it's actually a really yeah. great filter i think frustration can teach us and lead us into things so i love that story
2: yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> oh i wish it was far purer but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know it can be pure as you go it can pure i have as you
2: i have learned i live a lot of my life thinking okay if that person can do it then I can do it too. Or even when I first started down this trek of minimalism and owning less, and I read about a guy named Dave Bruno who just owned 100 things. And I never wanted to own just 100 things, but the fact that he could own just 100 things means certainly I can get rid of a lot of what I'm having. And so I looked at Everett and he wrote the book, and I'm like, look, there's like a lot of people are self publishing books, and if he can do it, I I can do it. Um, I can do it as well. So it was, I don't know, maybe helps me overcome that first initial step of a fear of look, there's people all over the place doing this. Why, why can't I be one of them?
0: Yeah, that's good. What was your first, uh, cause you've had both now you've both self-published and published partnering with a publisher in a traditional way. Is that right? What was your yeah, first yeah. traditional published book?
2: The more of less I self-published two books. Um, and then um, traditionally published the well, yes, I, I'll say it that way. I self published two books, um, and then my first traditionally published book was uh, came out in 2016, so three years ago.
0: Do you have a uh, compare and contrast with your experience of self publishing versus uh, traditional publishing?
2: It uh, it ended up being um, almost everything that I that I thought it would be. Actually, probably the the biggest unknown was how much time and effort and energy my publisher was going to require from me. Uh, I remember the, f- like the first time I signed the contract and then I got like this long 10-page author questionnaire that I had to fill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man, I guess mm-hmm. I didn't know how much stuff they were going to want to know about me, but it makes sense when, uh, when you're going it through. So I had the two self-published books. I went with the traditional publisher on the third book, um, for a a number of reasons. I I wanted the distribution that they could, you know, just getting into bookstores like you can't with, with a self-publisher. I knew it would take time. I knew I'd have, I would have less control over it. I knew that they were going to take a large percentage of the, of the money from it. And so I knew all of those things going into it, but I wanted the distribution that they could provide. I wanted the reputation of a publisher. Behind what I was writing um, I, th- I, th- I think it still counts for something, and as more and more self published books come out, I think it counts for even more. There was some sort of gatekeeper, but honestly, the most important reason was I wanted to write a better book mm-hmm. than I could do by myself, and so i wanted I wanted a team of people around me um, I wanted you know an editor who was going to be hard on me, and I wanted. You know the publishing industry expertise in helping me know how to position a book and how to title it and what cover would work. And um, so I, I ended up. I wanted to write a better book than I could do on my own, um, which is why I went through the yeah the hoops and the effort and the and the time that that goes yeah. into a di- traditionally published book. I'm glad I did. I uh, I like how I did it. I um, to self publish too, and then have tr- traditionally published too. And
1: I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything of how I went about it. So, to move from hobby writer to working writer, you start treating writing like a job. You show up, whether you feel like it or not. And you shift from writing for yourself to writing for others, for the reader, to help them. And that doesn't mean you have to be an expert. Just pay attention and be serious about what you're learning in the area that you write about. You can find Joshua Becker's writing online at becomingminimalist.com. His books, Simplify, The More of Less, And minimalist home are found Amazon where books are sold. If this episode was helpful to you, well, just imagine how helpful the entire hour long interview would be every week inside hope writers membership. There's a new one hour Tuesday teacher episode, and they all end up archived inside the hope writer member library. By the way, hope writers, not just for someone who wants to write a book, Hope Writers is here to help you make progress getting your words out to a reader wherever your reader is. Could be a blog or articles, or maybe you like writing on Instagram and Facebook or a book. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. And did you know the Working Writers journey has six stages? To see where you are in the journey, Take the fun quiz at hopewriters.com slash quiz. And for writing tips and encouragement every day, we'd love to connect with you on our public Facebook page at Hope Writers Community and on Instagram at Hope Writers. And here are some final words of hope from author William Faulkner. Get it down. Take chances. It may be bad, but it's the only way you can do anything really good. (laughs) Thanks for listening.